Welcome back to another episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey. I'm excited to launch another episode for you all. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker, coach, and author of the book Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. When I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit-and-run accident while walking home from a friend's birthday. After coming out of a coma and suffering from a traumatic brain injury, or you may know of as a TBI, I soon realized that it was time to put my mental health on a very high pedestal. This transformative experience has led me to create a podcast that is all things mental health. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening by subscribing and rate the show five stars. Would it benefit you to hear from mental health professionals and influencers? Would it also add value to your life to hear mental health advocates share their stories and talk about their mental health? the disparities they face, and how they actively combat them? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you came to the right place. I want to start by congratulating you for making your mental health a priority. For today's episode, I am happy to introduce my guest, Steph Wooten. Steph is a mental health advocate who uses her story to inspire others and is streaming at us from Birmingham, England. When Steph was just 13 years old, she ended up leaving school due to a breakdown, and this is where her mental health experiences started. She has remained passionate about giving back and is now working on a mental health awareness video that will soon tell you all about the world of mental health. A few weeks prior to recording this episode, Steph created the hashtag RevealHowYouFeel, which was a challenge on social media. This allowed people to upload a photo using only one word to describe how they feel. And this effort has grown a lot more since now, so I had to have her on the show. Allow me to please introduce Steph Wooten. Steph, thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Vincent. Would you mind please introducing yourself to our listeners and sharing part of your story before we dive in and get going? And also, please do share your role related to mental health. Yeah, definitely, of course. Firstly, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I've I've battled with mental illness for the past 20 years, um, so I decided to use the experiences I'd had to help others that are going through similar situations that I've been through. I'm now a newly qualified integrative therapist that also attends personal therapy quite regular. When I was at my worst, I noticed help was only available between the hours of 9am to 5pm. And nine times out of ten, I felt more distressed during the night and I felt it was impossible to get the help that I needed at that time of the hour. So I then decided to become a counsellor to make a difference in people getting help any time they needed it. I'm now currently working towards having a 24-hour counselling service so people can access help morning, day or night, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Steph, thanks for sharing all that. On each episode, I share a mental health story of someone who is famous because I want to let you, the listeners, know you are not alone. I want you to understand that even though someone looks like they are healthy from the outside, they may not be on the inside too. For today's episode, I will introduce the mental health-related story of Michelle Williams, who many of you may remember from Destiny's Child. Michelle Williams spoke out for the first time on live TV about her hospitalization for depression. Williams had a battle with depression after her reunion with Beyonce and Kelly Rowland, who were fellow members of her music group, Destiny's Child, 
This happened at Coachella, but unfortunately, it led her to check into a treatment facility. Her fiance said he was unaware what Michelle was going through at the time, but Michelle said it was earlier in 2018 where she started to feel off again. I'd like to share a quote from her and quote, I was like, just fight it. You've been here before. I'm identifying it. I just didn't do enough. So for months, I was slipping and slipping and slipping. Before you know it, it was at the bottom of the pit looking up like, am I really here again? And I suffered by myself. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to be like, oh my gosh, here we go again. I thought you were over it, Michelle said when she was speaking about her second bout with depression. Williams and Johnson said they want to strip away the stigma that's so often attached to mental illness. I want to follow up with one more quote. When I was in the mental health facility, I didn't see anybody that looked crazy. I didn't see anybody strapped in. I didn't see anybody doing crazy behavior. And literally since then, I wash my mouth. I don't call people crazy anymore. Some people, they just need help. I thought that was a very powerful quote because it can relate to a lot of you listening on. Michelle further added that she didn't want to discuss her situation by releasing a statement on social media, but since the news of depression soon leaked, she took it to the newscaster. Steph, what do you take away from this story or her public statements on mental health? My first thought was confidentiality and did data protection fail her maybe, but I could really relate and emphasize with Michelle because last year I came off a lot of medication for bipolar disorder. And then I relapsed. And my first thought was, what would people think if I went back on the medication? Because there is still a stigma attached to mental illness. And I can understand why Michelle tried to hide it. Being famous and in the media can be scary because they do portray mental health in a negative, bad way. And it has an impact on the sufferer, making their symptoms often worse. We now live in 2020 and we should not have to worry about being judged for having an invisible illness. If someone is getting treatment for their mental health, I feel it should be as normal as someone going to the doctors for their physical health. Yeah. So when you when you were saying that you had that problem at first, you didn't want people to think this certain way. What is something that helped you get past that fear? A lot of meditation. Because yeah. it stopped me. So it's it stopped me from overthinking the negative thoughts that that was attaching the stigma to it. Okay. And I'm glad that you're doing better now and we're able to make this difference on this show together and help people who are battling the same situation that you were. So let's just jump here into the main event step. On each episode, my guest and I will go over this series of six questions to help you, the listeners, learn what you are going through is okay. The series of six questions I ask only slightly varies depending on if the guest is speaking on their own or others' mental health. And today we have someone professionally speaking and personally speaking. So let's do it. You ready to rock and roll, Steph? I am indeed. Great. So many would agree that the more common or at least talked about types of mental disparities are mood disorders, anxiety disorders, and schizophrenia disorders. Which areas did you come across the most? You can start either professionally or personally. Um, professionally, I work with complex issues. So this can be several issues at the same time, such as depression, anxiety, anger, bereavement, stress, relationship and sexual problems. Some that have been brought on by past trauma, such as childhood issues, abuse and domestic violence. These distressing events often result in clients feeling overwhelmed by the amount of stress it has caused them that affects their ability to cope and manage with day to day life. 
anxiety and depression are the most common I do come across and I do suffer with them myself and when we're anxious we're not actually living in the moment we're often thinking of the past or the future so I try to work and live in the present moment and with my clients I connect their past to their present trying to work out what the problems have made them how they feel today but it does take a lot of work and dedication and reflection a lot of self-awareness this can be recognising how the past trauma is affecting them now and finding ways to cope with situations or ways that they can change them. I give my clients a lot of time and space to work through their problems in a safe, non-judgmental, respectful environment. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about your personal experiences here. You mentioned anxiety and depression. Which was more severe? Let's talk about that. Um, I think they both go around in a circle together. I find that when I'm anxious, it brings on my low mood more. And when I'm in a low mood, it builds up my anxiety more. Absolutely. Um, and how long have you been battling each one? Um, almost 21 years now. 21 years. I think this is going to give great advice to everybody listening on that. It, no matter how long you are suffering, it's never too late to stop suffering, which is you're a perfect example of. So I very much admire your courage here, Steph. But what was that exact moment? And we're going to do this for both professional and personal, so I'm excited for the value or add here. What was the first moment where you decided, hey, I'm going to start taking a stance on mental health advocacy, sharing your story? And then after that, we'll jump into when did you decide you wanted to have a career relating to mental health like as a counselor? Okay. Um I just because I've been through so much battling with the uh, mental illnesses that I've got and the several diagnoses, I just wanted to try and make a difference. And like, I know when I was very young, I couldn't explain the feelings and I didn't know what the feelings were because I couldn't explain them. And I felt like if I was educated more and knew more about mental health at a younger age, I would have been yeah. able to identify that there was a problem there. Yeah. And let's move over to professionally now. Um, I just think that because I've had the experience, then hopefully when somebody does tell me about their experience, I might be able to understand it a lot better than someone that might not have had the experience to make that little bit more of a difference. Absolutely. I know something for me, and this comes up a lot lately, actually, while recording this series, when I had my traumatic brain injury, it was obviously great that the doctors were so knowledgeable and educated and well-informed to inform me, but hearing people who have been through exactly what I've been through would have really gone a long way. Do you find that really helps you connecting with your patients? Definitely. What age patients do you mainly focus on? Let's talk about your practice now a little bit. Which age do you mainly focus on? Is there mainly more females or males? Let's talk about that. Um, it's mainly females at the moment, but age varies. I don't work with children at the moment, but that's something that I'm looking to do in the future because I'm only newly qualified at the moment. So, and there's a, there's a rule to do so many adult hours before you start helping children. So I'm still working towards that at the moment. But yeah, um, age is different from anything 16 above. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how your career continues to unravel and helping children. But what advice can you give to our listeners as what may be considered a potential early sign that they may be starting to develop some form of mental health disparity? 
mine was mainly isolating myself like the normal kids would be out playing around and knocking on the door saying you're coming out to play and stuff and I never wanted to I was always like no no I've never wanted to and also sleep I had a real sleep problem from the age of 13 and then I've now realized later on in life that sleep was the biggest trigger towards my depression so if I had a good night's sleep I wouldn't be as depressed whereas if I didn't if I did sleep I'd be okay kind of thing so I think if that would have all been identified at the young age, obviously it could have been dealt with a lot better. Yeah, well, I think maybe when you're heading into the kids' space, you'll help them attack these problems at the forefront. But I could definitely agree there. But if you could pick three, and I say only three because I want the most important things, what three things could you recommend to our listeners that they can start doing on a daily or short-term basis to start improving their overall mental health? Okay, firstly, have a cup of tea and a chat with someone that you trust. Because talking about how you feel, I think it's really important that people don't stop talking. Because, yeah, it can be overwhelming, but it really does save lives. I kept things bottled up for many years. And if I'd have spoken about them sooner, I definitely would have healed quicker than I did. Secondly, I really believe in meditation. I only started it last year, and it's been really important for my mental well-being. It's important that we take care of ourselves and this is something that helps us manage that by relaxing, being calm and fully living in the present without any worries. People often think that when they're meditating that they're doing it wrong, but you can't actually do it wrong. It just requires a lot of practice until you're fully concentrated and in that meditation zone. And thirdly, I think journaling and keeping a mood diary so you're able to track your mood, which helps you to identify what's making you feel good and what's making you feel worse. So then you can take steps to avoid difficult situations or prepare for them. Writing every day about your life, good or bad, can help you understand what triggers and patterns are causing disturbance to your mental health. It can also give you a chance to reflect on what you want to improve on and for what kind of personal growth and development plan you want to do. I can actually agree with all of those, but let's backtrack to meditating because I think that's something with me too. I think I had very unrealistic expectations of what meditating did. So let's talk about that for a little bit for people who are very beginner stage still for meditating. Just try and get it as part of your daily routine. Um, And the first few days it is difficult and then just keep on doing it. And then when you know you've got it right will be when you can actually do it and you've completely zoned out from any other thoughts coming in. But at the beginning, you do get other thoughts coming in your head while you're trying to listen to the meditation. So like that part of the practice will do it. But then you can also do it for things like anxiety, depression, even sleep. Like you can do it before you go to bed that can help you relax to go to sleep and things like that. Thank you for elaborating on that. But what are some longer term initiatives our listeners can take here, Steph? We just talked about some great short term plans. What are two longer term commitments our listeners can make to start to create a healthier mindset? Firstly, exercising, even if it's just five minutes a day, it can be so beneficial to the mind. If you can't run, walk, and if you can't walk, crawl, just do whatever you can when you can and don't compare yourself to others. Just follow your own journey and no one else's as we're all different individuals with different lives. And secondly, if you haven't already, give give, um, personal therapy a try. Working with a therapist can help you to discuss your thoughts and feelings rather than bottling them up inside. 
through talking, you'll have the opportunity to reflect and process your feelings and thoughts practically at your own pace. Whether you're feeling angry or having grief, sadness, resentment or guilt or any other difficult emotion. Therapy can give you a better understanding of what you are feeling, thinking and doing what you are doing and help you to look at them in a different perspective and make positive changes. Whilst also learning new coping skills that can put you and your mental, you can put those coping mechanisms then into like a toolbox, your mental health toolbox, so that when bad days do happen again, you've got that toolbox to go back to and you can remind yourself that actually I did that before and it helped. Let me try that again. And then it gives you a little plan to work with. I love the toolbox. I love that analogy. But when did you first start with therapy? When were you, when would you first start that? You mentioned that's one of your long-term initiatives. Let's hear about it. Um, well, when I was first 13, that was when I first seen a psychiatrist, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't very talkative then, so I kept everything bottled in. And then it wasn't until I learned to be a counsellor that I realised how important it was to talk. But when I was 13, I didn't actually have the trusting relationship with the psychiatrist. And this is what people don't always get told when going for therapy, is that if you're not happy with the counsellor or the therapist, you've got a right to change it and have a different one. So it's always right to get that therapist that you trust so that you will be able to talk to them confidentially and feel that safe space. I love the advice. Thank you so much for elaborating on that. Now, Steph, we know a little bit about what you're up to, but let's dive right in. What are some ways you plan on raising awareness for the importance of mental health in the future? Um, there are a couple of things I'm currently working on at the moment. One is a petition to make mental health the fourth emergency service. And also, I'm currently working on a mental health awareness video that will be discussing everything mental health. It will offer different kind of self-care and survival tips for the viewers. Uh, it will also let them know what support works are available for different feelings that they're having. We want to stop the stigma surrounding mental health and raise as much awareness as possible with real life stories from sufferers discussing what they have been through and got through. And then this will hopefully open people's eyes up to what it's actually like to really live with mental illness. Do we have an estimated time of when your video will be ready? Um, there's a lot that we've got to do filming wise and because yeah. of restrictions with lockdown at the moment, because right. um, there's a foundation that's doing some of the filming with us, but we can't go into the property to do the filming because of obviously lockdown and stuff. So there is a little bit of a hold on it at the moment. I'm sure you're very anxious to get that project going. I really am. <laughs> yeah, you're very passionate about it and the world's ready for it. But Steph, thanks so much for coming on. I know our listeners are going to see all the value in your episode today. I very much admire your courage as you have dealt with this for over 20 years and you're using it now to help other people battling the same situations. I loved how you gave very, very personal testimonial to what you were going through. In my last few episodes that I recorded, I've been very, very grateful for my guests giving these accounts because I know how much value it adds to people's lives. But Steph, it's time for the last word. And I do this on my other podcast series, what it's really like to be an entrepreneur as well, because I want our listeners to really get to know my guests. Is there something that you would like to share with our listeners that we did not get to touch on yet today? Um, all I would say is I think if when I was younger people checked in on me more family or friends I could have got help a lot sooner than I did so all I'd say is checking on your brave friends checking on your happy friends checking on the yeah I am okay friends mm -hmm. checking on your confused friends checking on each other and most importantly checking on yourself
I love it. Would you mind please sharing your professional or relevant social media website or any ways for our listeners to follow your endeavors or reach out? Yeah, I'm on all social media at AMTPM Therapy and my website is www.antmtherapy.com. I appreciate you sharing that stuff. Everybody be sure to go check out her great content. And it's social media time and we're on whichever platform you like to use. It's a mental health break on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And on Twitter, it's podcast by Lancey. So you get updates from this show and what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is VincentALancey.com. If you check out my books, DM me. I'd love to hear from you. We have Left for Dead, a story of redemption, and how to transform your mindset when the norm has changed. Both are on Amazon now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey five stars. I work hard to find value delivering guests for you on each episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey.